like a lot of times with experience and we go on about the number of years and stuff and and you got to be careful because a lot of times a lot of years just just sort of means you're old right <laughs> like if you haven't <laughs> and you know when people say, i got 30 years or i got 40 years experience unless you're doing something through those years um yeah if you spent 30 years and putting out campfires yeah you're doing no the same thing then, over and yeah. over <laughs> Or you get complacent or, you know, you lose that drive to yeah. to get better. Like, you, you really got to, you know, keep pushing. You can't relax or, yeah. <laughs> you know. Hey guys, what's happening? Welcome to Your Forest. I'm Matthew Christoph. And uh, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you get lots out of it. Um, when you're done listening, please rate and review, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, any kind of comments I get or any kind of rating on iTunes, it really helps me out. Um, make sure other people can see it and find it. And you know, we can get the, you know, get this podcast out there. Um, so today, I've brought on Michelle Wigmore. Michelle Wigmore is a lifetime firefighter. Uh, she grew up in Ontario. She came out here uh, as a firefighter, and she took a job at the Hinton, Tra- Hinton Training Center, where she was uh, training firefighters for, I think she said, nine years. And I, she, was actually, uh, she was actually there when I went through members training, so she trained me through members and through leaders training. Uh, it was pretty cool. She's great. I just remember her being very down-to-earth, um, she really knew her stuff, uh, and she was she was just great. And I uh, I ran into her a while back and asked her to come on and, and just tell her story because she she has a unique story. She um, kind of got into the the supervisor role role. She got into a management role and fire a little bit, and then she decided she wanted to step back from the management role and go back to the front line and actually start fighting fire again because that's what she fell in love with. And uh, yeah, it was just an interesting move. You don't see a lot of people you know, with the wherewithal to know that they don't need the extra money and they just want to do the thing that they love. And that's being on the front line or, or you know, use the analogy however you will with whatever industry you're in. But uh, yeah, so I wanted to talk, bring her on and talk to her about her strategies as a leader, um, how she brings a crew together, uh, her career path. It's pretty unique how she, how she, you know, she did what she did and she kind of knew enough about herself to uh, take a step back and do something different. And uh, yeah, it was an awesome conversation. I think you guys are going to like it a lot. She's got a lot of unique things to say about uh, leadership and how to bring a group together and make them think as a team. So that was pretty cool as well. I think you guys will love it. So uh, yeah, as far as sponsors are concerned, uh, Greenland Forestry and Damaged Timber. Damaged Timber is an apparel company out of uh, Edmonton here. And they give back to the environmental sciences community by giving five per, or how much is it? I can't remember, but they give away, I think 10% or five. Yeah. 10% of everything they get, they put towards a scholarship for environmental sciences students. And, uh, so yeah, you can support that through just buying their clothes. They've got awesome hats, awesome toques, uh, t-shirts, hoodies, all kinds of cool stuff. Definitely check them out. They're awesome. Um, yeah. Put in your force 10 at checkout and you get 10% off. So yeah, if you want to support environmental sciences, you can do it that way. Also, listen to this podcast. Keep on listening. <laughs> All right. So without any further messing around, uh, here's Michelle and I. 
so you've been fighting fire for how long now? Uh, I just finished my 25th season. 25th season. That's yeah. awesome. Did you, so you, your background, you grew up in Ontario, right? Yeah, I, I'm from London, which isn't a firefighting <laughs> place. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, so how did you go from London, like you're almost in the States, yeah. to like, you know, you're like a metropolitan area to getting into like forestry and this kind of stuff. How did that? Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of different than like I know what you've said. Your parents and everybody was into it. So I was immersed into it since I was born. Yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> I was the opposite. I managed to go through my whole childhood, teenage years, young adult, without ever really knowing that forest fires were a thing. Right. right? Like, uh, just never heard of them. I don't. I don't remember. Yeah. Anything. But. Uh, uh, my best friend from high school was went to college at Sir Sanford Fleming, which okay. is kind of like Ontario's Nate, I guess. Okay. The, yeah, yeah, yep. And uh, I was just up visiting her, and she had friends at a Red Lake that fought fire. I found Red Lake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, they were just talking about how this job, and I'm like, what, what's this? Like, uh, <laughs> you know, and then just really talking with them. Uh, that's how you got into it. So was, yeah. was, she, was she, so did you, uh, and you went there as well, right? You went to Fleming? Yeah, I ended up going there And that's later, a forestry right. tech school? Or is yeah. There, oh, okay. So you got your, your... I didn't get forestry tech. I got integrated resource management. So oh, okay. you kind of take the core forestry and some uh, fish and lot with a bit of everything. Kinda. Oh, okay. That's a diploma. Yeah. In, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's sweet. I've never even... There's so many different ways to to word that like diploma and degree, right? Like I've always been, I've been talking about like even the University of Alberta here, they're like their bachelors in forestry. I always said it should be a bachelor's in like I don't know resource management or like land management or environmental management or something different, right? Because forestry yeah. people hear the word forestry, it's almost like a bad word sometimes, oh. right? They hear, like it's it's weird, but yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So and then so from there you started firefighting in Ontario then. Yeah, so after I found out this job existed, <laughs> uh, I kind of became like pretty excited, pretty pumped, pretty obsessed about it, and I just applied everywhere. Like I oh, kept bugging okay. and it was a bit different then than now because now, um, yeah, I think you get a lot more applicants and it's a lot harder to get in and you got to pay for your training and none of that was like that when I went through. So, gotcha. So yeah, I just uh, kept bugging them and then uh, Geraldton Actually, they called me from there. Where is and this? Geraldton, Ontario. Geraldton, Ontario. Have you ever oh. heard of this? No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> no, it's just this <laughs> tiny little town, uh, sort of three hours northeast of Thunder Bay. Okay. About 2,000 people, half okay. native, I'd say, the population. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, yeah, I'd never heard of it either, but... Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be like a, a cool landscape to fight fire in, like those... Uh, kind of the rocky black uh, spruce and like lots of lakes and small trees. Uh, <laughs> I'd say a part of our district was really nice. The Canadian Shields, yep. Terrace Bay area, that kind of North Shore of Lake yep. Superior was really nice. And most of our, our area was swamp. Oh, like, okay. You're just wet all the time. It's just like northern Alberta or northern BC. It's all the same. Oh, okay. Good. So it's not that like lake potted. Kind of There's shield. lots of lakes, but oh, okay. they're you know they're swampy loon uh, loon shit. I guess you call <laughs> them. Like yeah, it's yeah. yeah. It wasn't yeah. It was just swamp. And you wonder how fire burns so well in swamps. Yeah, but it sure does. Oh <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Hey, just like yeah, it just flies along that. Yeah, what, whatever's it? above the water. Yeah, burn, yeah, yeah. That is a weird so, thing. Hey, when you yeah. like go through like a like a muskeg burn or whatever, and you get like just that 
top like, like half centimeter yeah. Yeah, of, of moss is burnt and then it's just wet underneath yeah. right it's so it's yeah well it makes sense how, i guess like when you think about the like how old some of those like peatlands are yeah right that they yeah like they don't really burn they're totally soaking wet but the, the top little piece does, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anything sticking up burns yeah yeah so no, that's cool so um how long were you in Ontario for fighting fire? Uh, eleven years. Ele- oh, okay. So you were there for a while. Then. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. So okay. I did. I did seven years on a, a hell attack crew, like oh, okay. a four person crew. Four person crew jumping the helicopter initial attack. Yeah, yep. it, it was a little bit different there than Alberta. Um, so you're a four person. You're generally on a, a medium, so oh. the bigger helicopters. Okay. And you would carry a lot of gear and overnight stuff. Uh, and sometimes when it was busy, you take a three-day food cooler. So Oh, really? Yeah. That's uh, Two yeah, or three days. I guess, but, yeah, with a medium and four people, you've got, what, yeah. like, how, you got like an extra 1,000 pounds of payload potential there or something, right? Like, you yeah, got lots of options. you got over 2,000 at least. Yeah. And so you're hmm. having, you know, a Mark three, seven or eight bags of hose, depending on how heavy your crew is. Huh. Well, your hand tools, but they leave you out there too, right? So you do the IA and then you stay on the fire. So oh. there's a sustained action gotcha. sort of component. Even if to it's it. just like a like a half a hectare. If or, if you oh. get it out, they'll bring oh, you right. back. Oh, right. But you just stay but, there till it's out. Yeah. Okay. So unless they really need you back for IA, but they have a lot more of those IA crews because they use them for sustained action as well. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So that's, that, a, that's, that's a cool way to do it, yeah. Yeah, it was a big difference huh. uh, there. And then and then you're camping out. like. That's the fun camping. part, right? That's the part yeah. that like, I, I think I only ever got to, uh, I got to overnight, I think three different times. And I think all three times it was like, ah, let's overnight. Like we didn't yeah. have to, but we wanted to. And yeah. it, was, it made sense of, at the time. But and uh, but yeah, you see the the like pictures of people camping out in like the shield kind of area. That's like, it's a cool place to, to like camp out and fight fire. Like that would be probably some awesome memories from that. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Oh, there's some, uh, well, what do you like type two fun kind of, you know, what you call, yeah. like <laughs> it wasn't fun at the time, but yeah. looking back, it was pretty, you know, you're in a swamp and you're trying to find something above the water to pitch your tent. Yeah. And then you're there for nine days and your tent slowly sinking (laughs) covered in mosquitoes and black flies yeah 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 yeah. but overall no it was it was it was a lot of fun really good i can't remember where i first heard that i think it was from steven ranella the like meat eater show and he's talking about he said something he's like yeah there's like there's two types of fun he's like there's (laughs) <laughs> there's the fun that you have on like a roller coaster where it's like it's fun at the time. Yeah. And then there's the type of fun that's like the stuff you talk about, the stories you tell later, which you often don't even realize it's fun at the time, but it makes a good memory, right? And it's, yeah. like, it's like, yeah, it's a good way to put it, I guess. <laughs> I never talked about like, remember when you were on that roller coaster? Man, that was rad. Like that was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's the kind of stuff it's like firefighting for sure. It brings that out of people, right? Like you have to be the type of person that like you, you, uh, I don't know, you enjoy that like suffering part of it for some reason, yeah. like kind of, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a little bit, yeah, I don't know, it's weird. It's, it's, I love it though. There's something about going through like a difficult experience, but like with good people and just kind of accomplishing a task Yeah. through that diversity. It's like, yeah, it, re- it requires a strong mind though, for sure. Yeah, and you're just, you know, you're soaking wet and you're getting chewed on by bugs and you know you got to camp there and it's so ridiculously bad that it's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> and you can somehow enjoy it some weird way. Yeah, but, and the yeah. food you have is never good food. It's yeah. just like MREs <laughs> and like peanut butter or something, right? It's never, yeah. Yeah, the job's a pretty good mix of, you know, half the time you're like, I can't believe I'm getting paid to do this. It's oh. so much fun. And then other times it's like, 
you can't pay me enough to do this. <laughs> Why am I here? <laughs> oh, I know. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly what it is. Because you spend, I mean, it's that hurry up and wait aspect, right? Like you spend so much time just like waiting for a fire to happen. And when the fire does happen, you don't have enough time because there's always a bunch of them that start at the same time and oh, you're jumping yeah. around and trying to keep, yeah. But it is totally that for sure. It takes yeah. a, like, do you, do you think it takes a certain, like a certain type of person to be able to like sustain that job for a long time? Um, yeah, I guess, you know, just, yeah. I don't I think guess, it's for everybody, I, right? Yeah, no, exactly. And I think some people are shocked when, they see what it's actually all about. Like yeah. you wonder what they were thinking it would be like before they got into it. Like, yeah, but uh, it's kind of a surprise, I guess. For sure, because yeah, it is hard, yeah. hard work. Like yeah. you hear, like some of the stories you hear from people, they talk about like how they, you know, they get to they get paid to sit at a shack and and play video games or read a book or whatever while they're on is yeah. or five minute getaway, but then. They don't tell you about the part where you're like, <laughs> you're working harder than you've ever worked in your entire life and you're sweating and it's hot. And it's because when you're fighting a fire, it's like, it's not like it's 12 degrees outside, nice and cool. And you're, you're, you're just, you're sweltering, right? Yeah. It's just, uh, it takes, I guess that's kind of the point I was trying to make is it, it, it takes like a, it takes a certain type of mind to be able to thrive in that situation, right? Yeah. 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 For sure. I find yeah. the, I think, the people that would make kind of like the best hunters would also make the best firefighters. They just, they enjoy for whatever reason, there's kind of that enjoy suffering a little bit. It's weird. Yeah. It's a physical challenge. I guess that part you combining sports and and suffering, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) One time. Yeah. Yeah. I love it though. Cause it's just, I don't know. It's just something about the, like the mental fortitude it takes to get through that kind of stuff. And then accomplishing, like when you do finally get it done at the end of the day, like I remember I had one uh, experience we were, we were in a medium for some reason. There's only a four man crew. We were in, I don't know why we're, oh, we were, we were filming some kind of like commercial or something. Oh. I don't know how we got in on that, <laughs> but uh, we had a medium for the day and we got, a, we actually got a call. We went to a fire and again, it was like 30 degrees outside, worked all day. We're sweating. We're tired. We like hungry, everything. Right. And, uh, we get back in at the end of the day and there's all this room, so we're all kind of just lounging in the back, of the medium, right? Like <laughs> yeah. just laid up on some yeah. hose bags and kind of just <laughs> chilling out. And then like the sun's going down, and you have this like beautiful landscape. You're up in the air in this helicopter, and then like the sound of the the Rotor, yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> and just like everything. You're sitting there looking out the window, and you go, "Yeah, that's why I got into this." It's just yeah. something. There's something so euphoric about that situation. I remember that 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 exact moment all the time because oh, well, that's yeah. how I remember that firefighting experience is it's like it's hard 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 work and then you just get these crazy viewpoints or crazy rewards when it comes yeah. to like things and you get to see right and, yeah, yeah for sure no it's huh. awesome um so when did you so you did 11 years in ontario and then came over to alberta so what was how did that switch happen um i wasn't really looking to change from ontario because I, re- I really did like it there and we were really busy mm-hmm. but uh i've been living in small northern towns for for a while mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh one day one of the sort of older guys in our office came in my came into my office and threw a job ad for hinton training center a training specialist and he said you know if i was 10 years younger i'd already be there he said <laughs> and then, he, then he left eh and then i started looking at it and i'm like oh that's uh sounds kind of interesting and and at the time uh a guy that I worked with in Ontario, Scott Elliott. He's yeah. still at the. I know Scott. Yeah, yeah, he's yep. still at the Hinton Training Center. He he was over there, so 
Um, I just talked to him and just to find out what it was like, and he he said it was pretty good gig. So oh yeah, HTC is an awesome spot. Yeah, yeah, like you do all the training, but in the summer you're freed up to go out and fight fire, and that's right. mainly what I wanted. So yeah. the training well, part was good, and then nice. the fighting fire. So so yeah, I bid on that and and actually didn't get it. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> no, but the guy who did get it ended up turning it down. So I. So you got the second, so I wheezed second call. Yeah, definitely, it wasn't their first choice. <laughs> I don't know. I find that I find that a lot of times the first choice is just a good talker. They're not necessarily, you know, the best choice. Yeah, that's what I tell myself. <laughs> we well, turned out pretty good at the end. Obviously, you were there for a long time. Yeah, I was there for nine years. Nine so. years. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You were there. You were there. So you were. So that was the position you were training. Uh, new new recruits and stuff like that. Yeah, right? it was. It was a lot more training. Like. The ones that I kind of, you know, spent the most time doing was the crew member, crew leader training and the fire tack. And yeah. That. But we did also do like in the winter, there's a safety officer, the plans or, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of course that's more for the full-time gotcha. people. So, oh, okay. Well. So you were still fighting, like, but when you say you were fighting fire during that time, because you went from Ontario being on a crew actually on the fire line, right? And then yeah. when you were, when you got into doing the... Um, like the training side of it, you were more like overhead. incident commander. Like, yeah, you're overhead. Yeah, like in Ontario too, I did go full-time the last four years oh, okay. were tech position and then I was acting in a uh, okay. uh, kind of the equivalent of a wildfire operations officer, but there was a management position. And right. so I kind of did that for a couple of years. So doing those overhead positions on a fire where you're sort of – you're managing where everything is and logistics yeah, and stuff. Yeah, more crews and, and right. all that. So I kind of continued on with that once I got to Alberta. Gotcha. Okay, so. okay. So you kind of were get, getting away from the fire line, not as much of the, you know, quote-unquote action. Yeah, <laughs> more, yeah. The glory, Sitting glory of the helicopter it. flying around lots and then, right. you know, every time you can sneak on the ground and see what's going on. Yeah, but yeah. it was few and far between for sure no for sure well i, I do remember when, like what i was doing i do remember being on a few campaign fires with you though and yeah check, you checking on us yeah no i totally do <laughs> nice yeah no it was uh well even i remember i remember you being like i have to say you did like a really good job at the training center at least like for from my experience oh, like, i found you to be one of the most uh like approachable because i don't know yeah. you just you just you, you had an air of like yeah i don't know talk, like the strong silent type for whatever reason right? yeah, it was pretty comfortable <laughs> in those like i don't know yeah. The fighting fire part on the ground. Like, yeah. yeah. And I, I really liked it. Like, oh, yeah. Like, I love the job. Like, I remember saying to my supervisor once when I was in Red Lake, I'm like, people say they like this job, but I don't think they mean it like I mean it. Like, yeah. I really like this job. It's a great. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're uh, Everything right. about it, like all the bad parts, all the good parts. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it is a, I, I still to this day say it was the most fun I ever had. Yeah. Any job. Lots of people say then once you get out of it, it's like, not quite the same no you forget like i forget like i work in an office now yeah (laughs) it's it's definitely i was watching the video you uh uh you told me to watch on On facebook yeah the crew crew video and it's like damn i miss you just want to be back right that's yeah exactly the first two years i was here uh, i came right from hell attack uh and then i traveled for like a month and a half and then i was here yeah and uh I just remember, like, the next two summers, I was just, like, staring longingly up at the sky and I'd see helicopters go over. Oh, <laughs> I was yeah, like, it was, tough, yeah, eh? it was weird. I almost yeah. convinced, I think I almost convinced Derek to, to put in, uh, like, when, when hazards real high, to put in, like, a emergency crew. Oh, Cause, like, yeah. we're all foresters here, okay, right? So, yeah. we, but, uh, it never, obviously never ended up <laughs> happening, but yeah, no, it's an yeah, amazing job. And I tell everybody, like, it's, uh, 
it's just an awesome way to get involved in like and in forestry work in general right like it's just it's you get to see some crazy crazy stuff yeah. like even growing up in slave lake i like obviously i i knew about wildfires because like slave lake is constantly being threatened yeah, by wildfires not unlike london i guess right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like so i knew about yeah, them but for whatever yeah. reason i still didn't remember ever like see like seeing a burnt stand or something right like i remember up until up until i think like chisholm happened in 2001 and then i remember seeing everything burnt out and i kind of got familiar with it but even me being like inundated in that world i never really came across wildfires that often whereas like so i I could see how like it's not it's not a world that many people even know exists really right yeah even when you're right in because most of the time we're away from people right we're off in the bush and you only see us when we're not working basically yeah. when we're we're actually working it's you know we're not near the public no a whole lot yeah well and that was a weird part i remember being to uh in bc on export one time and there was a it was during the burns lake fire in like oh, okay. 2011 or 10 or whatever that was and it was like uh we were in this big soccer field there was like a couple i don't know there was a few hundred of us right yeah, and and we were the there camps. for like four days waiting to get in because just the logistics i guess the fire had died down and it all got messed up but you felt bad because there's all these people around going like what are these firefighters doing (laughs) like there are like our houses are burning down and they're just like hanging out here and it's like well it's not that simple and it was but yeah like you said like you just the public only sees that like the logistics part of it were like kind of their staging areas and that kind of stuff and the actual work it's like yeah you don't get no one sees that No. no um did you see that uh that show there was a there was a a show on, I think it was the History Channel, and they they were following a couple like hack crews. I think. Oh no! no? I, I didn't see yeah. it either, but I heard it was. I heard it was like it did a pretty good job of portraying like the whole. What activity. it was like? Yeah. Oh nice. Yeah. yeah. But I'm sure there was some added drama. Yeah, they always scripted. like to throw that. In. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so, so yeah. So you went from so then, so eleven years, and you said nine years at the HTC doing training and and that kind of stuff, and like you yeah. liked that job. Yeah, I really mm-hmm. liked it. Yeah. It was good for a while. And then, yeah, and then it was just, you know. Not had enough of it? Well, it wasn't even that. It was just they're starting to get unit crews, right? Uh, and Grand Prairie had one, and then Rocky had one. Unit crew being a, because like, most crews, just for people that aren't, yeah. they don't know. So there's the four-man initial attack. Those are the people that are, it's like the, I don't know, it's like the ambulance, I guess. So the first one's on yeah, scene, and they, they take it. care of the initial, the initial suppression until a bigger crew can come in, right? And that's, yeah. that can be an eight-man crew or whatever. And then the unit crew is the 20-man. So mostly sustained action, right? Like not a lot of... Yeah, except I, I would like to sort of, you know, you clarify that a bit is we, we don't generally go to the smaller fires that the IA initial attack crews go to, but we are doing initial action on large fires, gotcha. which, you know, isn't explained well because people always think they're not seeing the action or whatever. When you try to recruit people, they always yeah. want, you know... They want to see the, the glory. Yeah, they think they're not <laughs> going to see any flames, but you're on escaped fires. Yeah, doing a you know initial action on a, totally. an escaped fire, so you're seeing some really good. Oh yeah, well judging by the video, yeah, I watched, just like yeah, this is crazy action, yeah, like nonstop yeah. crowning and exactly, all kinds of good. Yeah, yeah. it's a so, it's a cool so yeah, but it's a twenty person crew, and um, it was always my dream job because uh, a couple times in Ontario we had to. Uh, it seems the whole country deals in 20 packs like okay. 20 person you know crews going from province to province and even though ontario didn't have 20 person crews mm-hmm. if they needed to send a 20 person crew they'd stick a bunch of their 
helitot crews together four that person never crews. works because you always have <laughs> leadership conundrums kind of right? but but twice <laughs> i got to lead that once in montana and once in bc okay and i loved it like i was the uh, to me it was like huh. this is it this is your firefighting force like if you can get those people working together oh, yeah. then like 20 people when they're working hard can get a lot of work done so oh, sure yeah so i just saw those sort of unit crews coming up all around me there and found out we were going to get one out of the Edson area mm. based out of Hinton. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, I immediately talked to the one supervisor and said, I want to lead that yeah. crew. And he's, you know, really? You know, cause I'm like, yeah, I'm quit. I want to quit this job and lead the, yeah. the unit crew. To so. him, he's thinking it's kind of a demotion because it's like, it's, it's like you're going from managerial down to yeah. food or something, right? Yeah. But it's, but he kind of knew me too. So yeah. he, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, 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 like people oh, get yeah. into the system and they just think climb the you ladder. Go up. Right? Yeah. Climb the ladder, climb the ladder, climb yeah. the ladder until you're making, that's the challenges that you should go through. Yeah. Whereas, and that's why I wanted to, like the main reason yeah. I wanted to have you on really is because you went, because you really just. backwards. <laughs> well, but it's not even, it, like in, in society's yeah. sense, you went backwards, right? But, yeah. but you know yourself and you know what brings you fulfillment and happiness and you knew oh, that. Oh yeah. I have, I have no backwards. regrets at all. Like when right. I decided that's, you know, it yep. was the right decision. I for sure. So up mm-hmm. to that point, you just you just done a couple twenty man crews, that just kind of temporarily, nothing like nothing of your own. I yeah, because yeah. we didn't like, coming out of Ontario and even Alberta at the time. Like there was there wasn't that no, twenty yeah, person crew. Crew is like what? It's five years old in in Alberta. Ah, uh, well, seven now I think because I oh, think okay. we were the third year as Edson got the crew and that's gotcha. Yeah, it's been a crazy success though. Hey, like people. Yeah. Are, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's been good. And yeah, Harold leads the crew. And yeah, yeah there's getting some, uh, like a lot of very experienced crew leaders too. So, well, that was one thing growing. that, uh, that like Harold said when, when I, when I recorded with him, right? Was he was one thing that he wished was happening in Canada that wasn't happening in Australia. Or sorry, that was happening in Australia, was not happening in Canada was that in Australia they have like lifelong, you know, firefighting people like yourself right that yeah. you, like that's your careers you're doing that and whereas in, in alberta for whatever reason it, it tends to be more of like a young person's game right like they the crew system yeah, like if, yeah, if, for yeah if, sure. you get a, if you get a person if you get a leader that has like five years experience you're like whoa like you have five years experience yeah, yeah. like yeah most leaders i think in the province probably have like three or four right it's and like i mean i only did three years yeah and, and that's sort of the norm i would say yeah and i mean it's it's a weird thing too because it's it's i left just out of the it was i guess it was it was more of the the shift work idea wasn't like wasn't the best for me but a lot of people love it like i knew a lot of people that that still flourish in that that shift work system right and they work around it it's just a different way of doing it than traditional societal values right like it's um do you ever find like did you ever have any problems with the the shift work side of that kind of stuff uh no but i don't i don't have any connections like you know I don't have a family or kids. Oh, okay. I mean, I have a long-term boyfriend, but nothing right that tiny down messes that up. Yeah, <laughs> <No> ball and chain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that's kind of what happens. For is, sure. You know. Yeah, you start a family. Move on with that. And yeah, it requires a little of, bit more of a like yeah stability or whatever. But yeah. yeah, but it's a it's an amazing job. Yeah. yeah, I still like I said I still I still covet the people that are <laughs> doing <laughs> still that. Still so, doing it. Yeah. yeah. So. um when you made that switch from, you know, climbing that corporate ladder to kind of go like, you know what? I don't love this as much as I love actually being on the fire line. Yeah. Like, 
what was that like like with your peers and stuff like that did they did they kind of think you were crazy uh, or anything or, or yeah, what um I, i'd say there's maybe i think three responses yeah. the one was like uh hey good for you that's great i wish i could do that yeah. that's awesome all positive then there was the uh uh the negative so this is what you're going to do now <laughs> all frowning and looking at me stern and stuff so there's that side and then uh then there was a more thoughtful side where you know a couple of people brought it up oh it may seem like a good idea now <laughs> but what are you going to do when you want to retire and oh well yeah no that's, th- a, that's a i don't know i appreciate that side yeah. I, i mean i kind of planned for that so i kind of knew all along i wasn't going to retire uh full time mm-hmm. in those positions uh, move on to something i didn't know what but uh, yeah you do it till your body says you can't do it anymore yeah, and, and you get some other job right yeah like, that was kind of my plan was not to so yeah you, you've got an infinite amount of like experience so i don't think you're going to have a problem getting a job that's a little more like you know cushiony if you don't you know what yeah. I mean? if your knees give out on you or something <laughs> i think you'll be fine <laughs> yeah hopefully that doesn't happen but i uh, know it is a good point yeah for sure yeah. but uh, yeah that was with three responses so. yeah for sure and it's yeah. so do you uh like and you said like you said you said you don't have any regrets going back like that eh? it's awesome yeah no regrets at all it's all been good um we've just been sort of you know building the crew or it's been five years now mm. and Uh, last year, all the sub leaders that were on the crew were all original crew members. Oh, nice. And so all five of them have been, been with the crew for five years. So. That's huge. Yeah. That, the longer you get a crew together, I'm sure the more cohesive and the better work you do. Oh, probably, yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. It just feels like it's, it's easy. Like, you know, they take over so much of the training and, and all that kind of stuff that uh, yeah and they're way harder on each other than than <laughs> i am i feel lots of times i see them yelling at the, their new guys and stuff and it's kind of funny so. yeah that's awesome yeah no it's a it's just an interesting concept right because so many people get caught up in the rat race and like I, i would say that i'm probably not outside of that that normal societal kind of trajectory right with my career yeah. but it's it's um it's it's i don't know it's relieving to see somebody that like like you know what you want and you're like no i don't i don't want to become you know the woo or whatever like i just i want to go back to doing the thing that i love yeah. doing and i know that i love doing and like why would i step away from that well right? you know but i did though and <laughs> yeah. and my first year out of the cruise system when i was in ontario was a terrible year for me and you know i was like i didn't want to leave but they were kind of looking to promote you know to full time and i i I regretted it then leaving the crew system and everyone's like, well, you got to get away from it sometime. You got to move up and you sort of believe that. And, and then you sort of, you know, you think about it a bit and you're like, no, I don't got to do that. <laughs> like that. Why? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a difference. Like I, I had a $14 an hour pay cut and some stuff like that that was, yeah. you know, but I kind of knew and I, I don't care. I can make it work. So, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter. I think that's the biggest thing for most people. It's probably not even the job dissatisfaction. It's probably the pay cut. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Like, they get, get used to that standard of living, right? And then yeah. you get a drastic pay cut, and they're like, no, I can't. I can't justify that. But especially cut, if you have family, right? Yeah, like, yeah, pension's gone. All the benefits, yeah. Benefits, yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it's huge that way. Yeah. So, but, like, yeah, not everyone can do it. Depends on your situation, so. But I'm sure that, like, the firefighting community appreciates someone with your your caliber of experience. And, like, you've you've seen the 
upper echelon, like kind of higher level thinking when it comes to fires. So you can, yeah. you can anticipate what's going to happen. And you, I'm sure you have like, you're probably one of the best assets out there on a fire. I would say much more than like, you know, a, a crew with four dudes that are two, three <laughs> and four years experience. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's hard to say like, like a lot of times with experience and we go on about the number of years and stuff and, and you got to be careful because a lot of times, a lot of years just, just sort of means you're old, right? <laughs> like if you haven't, and you know, when people say, I got 30 years or I got 40 years experience, unless you're doing something through those years. Um, yeah. If you spent 30 years in Calgary district putting out campfires. Yeah. You're doing no the same thing over then, and yeah. over. <laughs> Or you get complacent or, you know, you lose that drive to yeah. to get better. Like, you, you really got to, you know, keep pushing. You can't relax or, yeah. <laughs> you know. Or, totally. It can't be, or, like you're saying, complacency, right? Like, people yeah. just find, like, well, now it's just a job. And this is just what I do. And this is my every day. And this is my schedule. Yeah, I don't want change. Yeah, no you know, change. No better. Yeah, no I worse. I want to go home and watch my Netflix. And I want to yeah. wake up at 8 and be here and then go yeah. home again. And, <laughs> and all those years of experience aren't aren't really all that positive right yeah. so and you know it's funny because i was listening to your podcast on uh wastewood with uh, oh yeah jim donaldson yep. i don't know him but he said something about trying to sell his great ideas for you know recycling wastewood and it actually it won't cost the company something it'll make them something even but he always had to go to the upper management and the higher level supervisors and he said those were the worst people to go to because they weren't looking for change and stuff like yeah, that. So, yeah, exactly. So they're your most experienced people and as an example of where experience mm. isn't really necessarily Right, kind of helping. set in their ways, you mean. Like they're not looking for innovation because they're kind of like, no, well, we do it this way and yeah. this is the way we do it and let's just leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> – that can definitely be a problem for sure. Yeah. So yeah. like when people tell me experience a number of years – it doesn't necessarily mean better unless it is better, unless, you yeah. know, you're pushing and trying to get better and how can we do this and listening to other people's ideas, like like younger up and coming people that look at things differently and, and think of stuff and you're like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. Fresh perspectives, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just innovating. No, you're right. It's yeah. just that, that fresh, excited mindset. Yeah. I think when you get, you spend 35 years in the same position, kind of climbing the corporate ladder, you... Not everybody, but like a lot of people. Yeah, you're right. They just become numb to it, right? And it's just a job and this is what we do and this is how we do it. And yeah. here's the steps and that's all we do. And just make sure the ball keeps rolling, right? And yeah. whereas, but yeah, you're right. Like the, the people that you want are the people that are excited and they want to be there and they're innovating and yeah. they're trying different stuff, even if it doesn't work, because at least you know now it didn't work, right? Exactly. Yeah. They just keep trying and keep pushing and. But the only problem is those people annoy the hell out of the people that <laughs> yeah, yeah, are kind yeah. of coasting, yeah, right? Yeah. They don't want anything to do with that. Yeah, but the, I mean, but also the motivated but... people like that, the people that are that are constantly, you know, annoying the upper echelon people <laughs> or whatever, like they're the ones who will inevitably take over, right? Like the so because they're the ones who are showing the the gumption and the motivation and the yeah, you know, the in, willingness. in an ideal world, that's what would would, would happen. Hope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, like. You know, I got 25 years, but, you know, it doesn't mean much unless you're, you know, constantly trying to improve and, and improve the system around you. So. Are you? Uh, I sure try. <laughs> I, I like to, th I like to think I am. I don't, I, it'd be interesting to get some of the crew in here to, <laughs> to get their opinions on it. But I think as a group, we're, we're trying to, and, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of hard to tell the difference now between what's 
being pushed through by me or them or whose good idea is nice, what. Though. Yeah, like it's sort of combined into one big thing. I don't know. Well, it's nice when you have people that, because I mean, I think some people see a leader as somebody who's, somebody who's, you know what I mean? Like this is the person you go to, like they know what's going on. They have all the answers. They make all the decisions, right? Whereas I think the best, the best leaders are people who listen to the people around them and take, like they're the person who ultimately sure makes the end decision, but they don't have to be the one who comes up with all the ideas. Yeah. You don't got to come up with all the great ideas. You just got to use them. You just have to wait them all out. So I think the best leaders are going (laughs) to have. Make them work. Yeah. Gonna have an active yeah. crew of people that are are telling them what they think and what, what how they think things will work, and that's how you're gonna innovate and become better as a unit, right? Yeah, exactly. For like sure. you, they have to be thinking and coming up with their own good ideas and yeah. are running them by, and we gotta you know mm-hmm. work on them together and stuff. So. Well, yeah, and that's one thing I I, I think like, it's a it's a good point you bring up though for for people that are coming up, like not even just in fire, like in any any industry, regardless of environmental sciences or whatever, just you know what I mean? If you think something's stupid or wrong or we can do things better, just like speak up. Don't worry about the hierarchy. Like just yeah. – because like you might get shut down, but it doesn't mean that you're wrong because that might just be a power move or whatever, right? But yeah, I think it's a good point that people that are coming into an industry to maybe, yeah, do speak up and try to get your new ideas in there because like you never know when you might come up with something that saves a bunch of money, a bunch of time or yeah. is a better product but, or whatever. But here's another way that experience can can be a bad thing. Here we is, go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if they say, oh, you know, this person's real experience, they know what they're talking about, I'll just do it their way because, mm-hmm. you know, and and that, you know, maybe you miss out on a good idea that way. True. Like we try to work with our guys where it's like, okay, we come up with a plan. Like we're we're divided into five four person sub crews. Okay. Right? So we have five sub leaders and then myself. So they get a section of line and we sort of talk about, okay, how are you gonna do this? Mm-hmm. But but the uh understanding is that if it's not working, then or they see something that can be done better, mm-hmm. then they just do it, right? Yeah. Like just do it. Tell me about it if I need to know. Yeah. And if it's gonna because, affect me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or the rest of the crew. But yeah. that's your section of line. You know it better than anyone. Yeah. Um, you know, don't do something stupid just because we came up with this idea we thought was good. Because yeah. you know, fire it changes. You come up with an idea and then it changes it and revamps it eighty five times yeah. before Oh, for sure. Before it's carried out. So well, and and I guess the key to that too is trusting your subleaders, though. So you have to have a subleader that you know is not going to try to like domino fall a bunch of trees or something or, <laughs> yeah. or whatever, right? Like you have to. So yeah, that's, I guess that's the that's point of, of knowing them and being yeah. with them for so long, right? Because you know you can trust them. Yeah. And if they have rookies; they can handle it, right? Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. that's a good point. I didn't even think of that because I guess trust is there. So you right, just, you have to fully trust it. But yeah. but it's a good point, though. You can't have. I mean, imagine one person trying to micromanage twenty people. Like it's not oh good. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you just drive everyone nuts and yourself. And, yeah. yeah, no, it's a but it's a I yeah I just I I like that I like that you you took it upon yourself to you know what I mean to to figure out what you wanted and go you know what screw this I'm I want to run a crew so you've been running the crew for how long now for five years? it's been five years five yeah years. that's so awesome be our sixth season coming up and you guys are all over the place hey you guys are getting lots of exports yeah it's been pretty good that way we're in BC twice. Oh, last nice. year and we've been down to idaho and mm-hmm. yukon or north sorry northwest territories and lots in alberta yeah just all over so what do you uh like jumping around from those different like the states and, and different provinces and whatever did you like 
did you ever find like different systems that they like way they spot fire or ways they thought about the management system that you wanted to bring back into Alberta to change things up? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I really felt that when I was in Ontario that they had a pretty good system there too. And, and we do, we are quite a bit similar. Right. Um, but I think it really helped, at least for my career, to have done the initial attack where you stayed on the fire and did sustained action as well. Like you're immersed in it. You're yeah, it's not just like so a couple you know hours. Both sides of it, and then coming to this job, mm-hmm. it's you know where it's sustained action, the majority of it. Then uh, yeah, that that really helped me. I would say. Yeah, well, I could see so, that. It'd be an interesting way to do it. I just am trying to imagine. It's. I wonder why. Why do you think they did that in Ontario? Just like the 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 foreman and the medium with lots of gear, and you leave them on the fire. Like what? What? I think there's lots of water sources. Right. right? So, you know so the idea good. is that they don't even have a bucket on the helicopter. Oh, uh, okay. It's all you set up your Mark three. Yeah. Lay out your inch and a half, and then you have the CL four fifteens dropping, and so, you yeah. work a lot closer. Right. Then there's no retardant droppers, so it is quite a bit different and there's parts that are better parts that are worse whatever right because uh, here right. i guess like just to explain like what you just said because like here we have the the bucket on the bottom of the helicopter which actually scoops up water and can drop it and we depend on that a lot yeah i find at least i did when i was doing it and then we usually have a pump with us but i mean sometimes you don't have the weight to carry yeah, a pump so sure. sometimes you just have a bucket bunch of hand tools and some wayjax bags which is like a little water gun right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then uh so, but yeah, it's just interesting to see. So there, they didn't have the so the helicopter was just transportation. That's all it was. Yeah, it wasn't it just a firefighting tool. You off and, okay. I mean, on larger fires, they might bring right. them out a bit, but generally, it's just a taxi. But ride. they still had uh, yeah. tankers. You said though, yeah, the CLT-15s, just the so tankers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, interesting. So, uh, yeah, so, so I, I guess, I guess, I guess a couple, yeah. yeah, a couple things like so. You got the sustained action experience, mm-hmm. but then you also were in a situation where you couldn't. You weren't relying on a bucket. Yeah. You had to lay out hose. Right. Very quickly and, <laughs> and try to catch it. And you, you had tankers and stuff, but, uh, um, you weren't sitting back watching a bucket drop. Right, right, right. Yeah. That makes so, sense. There's some so amazing pilots out there though. Like the yeah. number of, I think it was some of the helicopter pilots that I've had where I have a video somewhere on one of my old phones. <laughs> I have a video of, uh, well, was it? it was Troy Sloan out of Slave Lake and he has these black helicopters black A-stars yeah. right and they're just beautiful looking machines and he comes in and we had I had stretched out there was like a log that was burning right we overturned the log and we wanted him to come in and just kind of st- string the bucket or kind of release the bucket in a line along the log right yeah and so I put a ribbon down on right on the log so he could see it and I kid you not <laughs> like he he literally brought the bucket in. He started releasing right where the, the the ribbon was, and then just kind of moved along. He pinned down the the, the ribbon the, the entire yeah. time, and then released right at the end. And yeah, that was, yeah. And it's it's it, it doesn't sound that crazy for people that don't know what that means, but like but most of the pilots you get, they're missing by ten or twelve or fifteen <laughs> feet, right? So for someone to do a moving that target exact. that perfectly yeah. was like. It's amazing to watch some of that skill, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's so cool. No, it's good. So, uh, yeah. where was your favorite place to fight fire, anyways? Um, my, my favorite, just favorite, like if you, going out on export. Personally, I was in. I liked uh, when we went to the Yukon for a week. Oh, okay. It yeah. was just a totally different landscape. Like there, you have this. I can't remember how big the buffer is, but there's basically a buffer around all the highways and oh, like yeah. cities. And that's where you fight fire. If it's outside of that buffer, you just leave it. You just okay. let it burn, right? Yeah. And it was, 
it was interesting because it was just a totally different landscape, yeah. right? You could see dull sheep and grizzly bears and stuff. <laughs> and like, yeah, it's wild. Yeah, I would, I would say in Alberta would definitely be like the Wilmore, mm-hmm. you know, places in the mountains like that. Yeah. Um, but I do, like, we've been to high level quite a bit as a crew, and I love fighting fire in high level. And yeah. I think that's because it's sort of like Ontario. It's just uh, kind of shieldy. Swamp yeah. and shield and areas and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And the other thing, in, um, in northern Ontario, you went to the northern reserves a lot. There's a whole bunch of just fly-in only. Oh, kind of the same okay. thing with the buffer. You had a 16-kilometer radius, and if the fire got within that, then you'd fight that. And, gotcha. And just being up in those northern communities was was very interesting, eh? Like oh. not not many people see that, but they're again fly-in only. And, yeah. Uh, oh, it's so cool. Yeah. I remember when we were in the Yukon, we were in Ross River, which is like people don't know if you fly up if you, if you drive into the yukon you drive to the end of the winter road okay or not the end of the, the end of the summer road is ross river so you literally if the winter road was open in the winter time you can drive straight down Pass, and get yeah. down into like alberta pretty quickly right but if it's not it's like a six or seven hour drive around right <laughs> so we're at basically at the like end of the road in the middle of nowhere in the yukon right yeah and uh i was i dropped off my crew because we had uh uh, yeah, we had a small helicopter or something, right? And I was driving the truck back to a location. And on the way back, I ran into a, <laughs> ran into a, a vehicle that was broken down, right? So I stopped and <laughs> picked them up because there might not be anybody yeah, coming. I was yeah. like, oh, where are you guys headed? And they're like 10 kilometers from Ross River, right? I'm like, oh, where are you guys headed? I'm like, oh, we're going to Edmonton. I'm like, didn't make it very far. <laughs> it's no. like, yeah, like 2,400 kilometers to <laughs> oh, go, right? Geez. But it's, yeah, just like weird, weird yeah. situations like that, right? Where he's just like, he's, yeah. and then he tells me it's going to be a three day turnaround to get a fan belt for his vehicle oh, or whatever, right? He's got to go white there, horse right? and back and everything. But oh. some of those crazy things are, I remember yeah. telling, hearing people talk about fighting fire in Montana, like oh, some yeah. of the wild situations down there where like the, it's so dry that the indices are, like maxed out and <laughs> kind of meaningless when you have like temperatures 30 and RH is seven. Yeah. Like, Negative I seven. Yeah. I don't even know what that means. It's pretty dry. <laughs> yeah. When they're talking yeah. about crowning Aspen. So like for people oh, that don't yeah. know crowning Aspen, like a, so fire getting into the Aspen crowns and then moving, but they said it was moving at like 30 meters a minute. Yeah. It's just like, what? Like, like Aspen doesn't even crown usually here. No, yeah. we don't even have like to run into a, a fire period that moves a 30 meters a minute in Alberta is like, I mean, it happens in some of those big ones, but it's like not common. No. Then they got crowning Aspen, which is like unheard of. It's yeah. Like, that doesn't even make it's sense. crazy. They're just like the, the, world. Oh, the diversity of like, like every different, like even just in Alberta, right? We have the 10 different districts yeah. and they all have totally different firefighting strategies, right? They go to like Slave Lake. We love the Flodo pump, which yeah. is like a little, it's like a, how would you explain it? It's almost like a like a it's like, like a, a motorboat kind of. It's like a sump pump almost, right? Yeah, I guess. It's right? like, but and then, but nobody. You, and you tell somebody in a different district that you use the floto, and they go, "You're stupid" or something. Like, <laughs> why would you use that? That's dumb. And then, or down, or for example, like Montana or whatever, right? Where they don't, they just drive around in trucks and they yeah, do they fire line and stuff, yeah. right? It's the the strategy for the environment is so different right yeah it just sort of depends eh? did you guys ever uh have you guys ever done like a fire line like actual like hand line like hand line yeah uh yeah we've done it a couple times and 
both times was aborted, not by us, but it just it wasn't working. <laughs> <laughs> we just have too much duff, I guess, for that to even really. Yeah, be... well, we've done that. We did that when we we're in the states or in BC. Uh, we wouldn't do it here. Okay. We wouldn't do it by choice ever. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> sometimes they make you, and you're you're new there, and you have to do what you're told, so you do that. Yeah. It's, so, a, it's an interesting yeah. strategy. I don't remember ever using it except for like when like you guys made us do it in training. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's in the book. We had to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding, eh? Yeah. Oh, that's wild. But it's – uh. Yeah. did you ever have any – like I don't know if you want to talk to the, about this part at all, but did you ever have any issues being like a, like a, a, a female crew leader? Do you ever have like uh, you know dudes just being disrespectful because they're whatever? Uh, well, I th- I think now it's kind of weird because like I'm old, so <laughs> it's not like I'm like you know, it's sort of I'm different, eh? Curious because you're a veteran now. Nobody nobody sees you we, as like yeah, like you're yeah. Just... But I feel like when I go out of province or places that where people don't know me, mm. like I think I look pretty insignificant. <laughs> well, you're, you're a small person too. I'm not very big. <laughs> yeah, so you know, I I don't stand out or look like any sort of great firefighter so uh but you're not a loud person either like you're pretty yeah i don't yeah no exactly um unless unless you know somebody's saying something completely stupid and off the rocker i don't imagine you're gonna (laughs) speak up yeah yeah so so my plan has always been when we get to a place they're gonna test us first they'll give us some simple little job and then they'll watch how we do it so my plan has always been when you get that simple, silly job, you do it really, really good. And mm-hmm. you go overboard and you do that for a few days and then gradually you're in their trust. Yeah. So, and that, and that's in places where people don't know me. And in other mm-hmm. places where people know me, then it's, it's a little different. But, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that's kind of my go to thing is yeah. that's what we do. So, no, it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's interesting to see that you like that you got into it so early and, and just like, yeah, yeah, I feel I've always been treated pretty good by That's the good. people around me and the people I work with and people know me. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel we've all had a good working relationship. And, That's good. Yeah. You, you always wonder in a, in a male-dominated industry, right, where in the past there's been a lot of you know discrimination or even just kind of yeah, just kind of looking down on or whatever, right? Because it's it's. So it's, I was just wondering from your perspective, if you experienced that. I realize now you're not experiencing that probably on a day-to-day. No, because it's of- <laughs> different now. Yeah. I, I think what I felt when I first got into fire, there wasn't a lot of a girl, not many girls. Yeah. And uh, I just felt like you always had to prove yourself. And mm-hmm. that's cool. I, I, You know, I don't mind doing that. So like, you know, if you're walking over to a pile of equipment, you got to pick up one of the heavier things and and then you got to make it back again for a second trip or you you know you're trying to you know for me it was always a competition like i guess i'm pretty competitive that way but it was always (laughs) like okay they're lifting that and then i'm doing mental calculations in my head i'm like okay i'm gonna take that that and that there and then well that was the thing that i found like that's exactly what i was thinking about like i I talked to like for example my mom or my sister or some people i graduated with right and i asked them about like what was there because i never even thought about it like women in forestry as like an issue because it just for yeah. me it was, I grew up with it right? yeah okay but then when someone yeah. brought it up to me and I was like oh yeah I guess I never really thought that and I even asked like my sister today and it's like do you find you have to like like you said prove yourself a little bit more than the male counterparts right just like kind of 
lift the heavier thing yeah. or do the extra work or come in on a Saturday or whatever, right? And she's like, yeah, definitely you have to for sure until you prove yourself. Once you've proven yourself, then you're kind of in the clear. But it's unfortunate that it takes – th- that's still there, I think. Yeah. It, well, you know, I'm not even – I'm not 100% sure if it's there or if yeah. it just – anymore, if it just kind of feel like that. I, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, who knows? It's, yeah. Well, like I said, I just it's, I kind of would probably do that anyways because I kind of like competing all the time. So. <laughs> yeah, I just want to yeah. be the winner at everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good strategy to have yeah. if you're going to be a firefighter for your whole life, right? Like you want to yeah, be the best. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that's yeah. the mentality it takes for sure. We told you about our, our fitness program. Have you heard? Like, like what do you? Like we have to have our, we obviously do the, the national fitness oh, standard. Okay. And then uh, when I was coming back, to be on the crew, I was yeah. like, okay, I don't want to come back and give up this full-time job to be on a mediocre yeah. <laughs> unit crew. I want to be on a really good unit crew. Um, so I kind of had in my head, we have these uh, standards, fitness standards that we'd all try to work for towards. your crew specifically. Yeah, just for because there is the like the, the the fire like the wildland firefighting fitness tests. Yeah, you get, but you so have this, another thing that's like upper echelon than that. Yeah, gotcha. so so we had six standards and someone was running and hmm. bench press and nice. pull-ups and stuff like that. So, you know, I sort of had this idea, but then the crew got a hold of it <laughs> over the years and, and it's kind of gotten a little out of control. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> so if you screw, if you, if you can't make the minimum, do you get, do you just kick them off or what? Well, <laughs> no, no, you get, you get opportunities for sure, but it's kind of revolved, evolved into like there's a big whiteboard in our yeah. rec room and everyone's names up there and all the standards. That's, that's awesome. C- color coded. So if you make it or if you don't make it, it's different right. colors. If you're first on the crew, do you have records? Oh yeah, yeah. records. And then, uh, at this point, it had to be switched over to an Excel, Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. and this isn't me anymore i've like long since sort of just watched it <laughs> balloon out of control but uh yeah so it's on an excel sh- spreadsheet you get so many points per event uh, and then you get an overall total and you can get ranked <laughs> among the crew right <laughs> but if you want to beat someone ahead of you you got to pick the event that you could do better on right in regards to the crew and then you are get more points. And I love that. I wish we <laughs> yeah. had that. Cause like, that's a, well, that's an amazing system to keep everybody motivated. And keep oh yeah. From getting bored, yeah. Right. Like, if and you, if it's slow at all, yeah. that stuff just picks up and yeah. Yeah. And then we do a lot of fitness just as a 20 person crew when we get a chance. Nice. And, and the guys that like the workouts they get are really good. Like we have guys that one guy was a captain of the farm team for Anaheim. And, oh, okay. Another guy played lacrosse, like yeah. U of A Fit cross people. country. Yeah, yeah, and they have really good workouts. So yeah, oh, I'm sure. And it's, just destroy. <laughs> like, nowadays, there's so much diversity in like yeah, working out, yeah. right? That you can do a million different things, and they all kill you. You'll yeah, taste the it, blood in your mouth every everyone's time. Everyone's trying to outdo each other for hard workouts, and I love that. I yeah. I absolutely can't get enough of that kind of stuff just yeah. like the competition side of that but oh, yeah. that's a good way for like for team building too and just like oh it carries over to everything yeah, yeah for sure we have this uh it's a 10k run but it's not like we have to do a time trial on it but it's not on the road it's like a hilly oh yeah, yeah, yeah. windy trail run yeah but the last 200 meters you come out and it's a 200 meters straight away mm. slightly uphill <laughs> <laughs> to the finish line and it's like catastrophic at that finish line because 
everybody's racing, right? And and then you have to do it in under 50 minutes. So, you know, the first group's racing just because they like to race. And then you get to the people that are right on that 50-minute mark. And and everyone's just lined up along the (laughs) – screaming at everyone, people running in, throwing up and (laughs) passing it. We're not even not passing it, but like (laughs) collapsing. and Yeah, especially because it's – in the hills. Yeah. It's, it's not running on the sidewalk. No, I think it'd yeah. be a lot easier on a road for sure. Yeah. Well, but, I think about, uh, I did, uh, I was, I was in the Alberta winter games for snowshoeing and that's not an achievement because I think I was the only one in my age group to apply. <laughs> and I don't even, I don't even think I technically made the time trial, but they were like, you're the only one you can go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. And it was like, yeah, we did 10K in snowshoes and it took oh. us like, took us like an hour and, five or an hour and 10 but then the the alaska group that was there who was like they're track and field savvy right like that's oh, all they okay. do so they're, they're up at 6 a.m oh, and they're yeah. running and stuff and me and my buddy are getting waffles and <laughs> <laughs> waking up at 11 but uh they did like 45 minutes and I was oh like, wow jesus but yeah that's so 50 minutes one. is a is a it's a fast 10 for sure in a hilly area for sure yeah, yeah. like we figured it's maybe you'd be three to five minutes faster on a road than that oh yeah route. But I mean, all that carries back over. Like I, I noticed, like on the fire line, like like mm-hmm. you said, with the team aspect, like once you work out so hard, you throw up together. Oh, there's like a bond. I don't know. <laughs> oh, totally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> once you, I, I always described it as. Uh, well, it's like we were talking about the suffering, right? Like yeah, if yeah. you go through something and you can traumatic, laugh about it, yeah. or like maybe not even yeah. traumatic is maybe an extreme word for it, but something where you suffered together in one way or another, yeah. you're going to, yeah, you're definitely going to have a bond, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, you, you, you hear it from people coming back from like Afghanistan and Iraq and stuff yeah. like that, where they're not, it's not that they don't want, it's not that they want to leave. It's that, I mean, I have no idea, but from what I've heard described, it's not that they want to leave. It's that they've never felt such a close connection with those people. And that's a, a hyper tuned yeah, version of that. Yeah, way worse than what right? we're doing, are, but yeah, a but minor a, version of A minor version of yeah. it, for sure, yeah. Yeah, but, but and then there's other things, like on the fire line, you know, we're laying hose up a hill and, you know, you're sending people back, more hose, more hose, everyone's running to the bottom and bringing up. Like it never crosses my mind that they might need a rest or, yeah. you know, that someone's getting tired because it's just, it's not an issue. Yeah. You know, everyone's so, responsible for their own water and their own. They know when they need to rest. Or yeah, and they just they don't like. Geez, you gotta sit on them and shove a sandwich down. You <laughs> take a lunch break. You know, it's more the thing. Or yeah, no, and even like daily, like you know, you work a hard sixteen-hour day, and then the next day, never, never. I think, oh, they might be tired from yesterday because it, it's not. It's yeah. not an issue. Yeah. Whereas, like, I remember being in BC and the crew, one crew taking over for us. It was really hilly terrain and they were, the crew leaders were trying to discuss, okay, how can we get our people up here and have them be able to work all day and they're, you know, have to send them up in shifts and, you know, one day one group goes up, one day the next group and, you know, there's a lot of thought goes into it, so... No, and meanwhile, your crew's just ripping up and doing the work, anyways. <laughs> yeah, like they, it's not an issue. Yeah, really. Like, it's well, it's a, it's a cool way to do it. Like personally, and all the things I do, I like to be trying to be the best at it. I may not yeah. be the best at it, but I like to be. I like to think that I'm at least pushing myself towards that end goal, right? So, yeah. like, I think that's a good way to bring about, like you were saying earlier, like fulfillment and happiness and just kind of general 
general contentness with your lifestyle, right? If you're just like, you know, you're always pushing yourself to the limit. It's yeah. just like a cool way to live. I like it. And you have, yeah, people around you, you're competing against them, but it's, I feel it's mostly good natured. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's like everything, like, you know, you're rolling up your hose, you're rolling, rolling some melons at the end of the day. And if I sit down beside someone who's just starting and I'm just starting a melon, yeah. You know, you don't say anything, but oh, yeah. I know that they know that I know that it's on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you don't even say anything. Whoever's done first just ties it up and saunters away yeah. all cool or whatever. But yeah, you get that ego boost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bitch. I'm or you, you lose and you sort of skulk away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's nice when it evolves like that and it seems, you know, it's not causing fights or anything. It's all pretty good natured. So. Yeah. Well, that yeah. comes with it, right? When you when you spend that much time with people, you just develop that. That's a cool way to do it, though. I hope more people more people listen to this and take and do <laughs> something like that. Like it's it's just a cool way to build that because you find a lot of people. I was never bored, ever bored when I was on Man Up. Like you spend you know hours or days or yeah. sometimes weeks not fighting fire, but on five minute getaways, so you can't actually go do anything. You have to be amuse yourself. Yeah. You have to amuse yourself or do have a something, a project yeah. close by or whatever. But I don't remember ever being bored. There's always something you can yeah. do, right? Whether it's working out or cut the grass or yeah. build a bench or whatever, right? Well, like, we're kind of lucky. We don't like we don't get on man up a whole lot. So we're never Right. Yeah, you're just you're just right on fire. For guess, the most yeah. part. Like every once in a while we're sort of stuck like in one place. But uh that's kind of what I like because the hardest part about Hell Attack is is the waiting. I it think. is. Yeah, I think everyone finds that. So, so luckily with the unit crew, we're not doing this as much as that. But that's awesome. That's a. Yeah. I feel like I missed out. Then I should have been on a unit crew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, a. It's a it's, yeah, it's a cool little unit for sure. Well, yeah. that's uh, we're coming up on an hour already. Oh, wow. But um, <laughs> what else did I have down here? Um, oh yeah. I don't know if you have any final thoughts or whatever, but I, I was just kind of thinking um, if you could change anything in like, like say in Alberta, whether it's the way we fight fire or whatever, what would you, what would you change? If you could change one thing. Oh, um, it's a tough one. One thing I, I, I would say that um, you want your crews to be more, self-reliant where you're not depending on buckets and tankers and, and heavy equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, those are all very good firefighting resources, mm-hmm. but you want to get to the point where you can fight fire without them if yeah. you have to. Yeah. I think we, we should work on that. And maybe yeah. for all the... All the government districts out there, every district should have a Turcot position. That's <laughs> yeah. an inside joke, but if <laughs> yeah. any of them are listening, they'll know what that means. <laughs> yeah, why don't you get Turcot on here? What's I what's... should get Turcot on here. He probably won't. He's probably like. I was thinking I should try and get sure. Turcot and, and Ambrose on here together. Because oh, I think okay. I get Ambrose would be great. But for people that don't know, Tur- uh, Mike Turcot is just a guy. He's kind of. He's been in fire longer than me, and he's leading a crew. So he's leading a crew. He's a couple years, I think, ahead of me. Yeah, but he's also <laughs> he's, he's he's managed to to he's managed to make the whole district better. I think by because he's he's allowed the you know the hell attack seasonal people to to communicate better with the office people and there's just he's a, a good go between yeah, yeah he's the go between there's a good relationship there and it just it's created a really nice situation I think and I think every district could use that cohesiveness right yeah it's just it, i think that's important definitely. yeah no he he does a good job with that for sure, sure. yeah yeah anyways all so, right unless you have something finally you want to say that's pretty much oh, it actually you know what i brought you something you brought me some i brought you some i got a bunch of water bottles but 
Okay. Yeah, Actually, Harold gave me a he gave oh. me a prairie crocus with uh, a retardant on it. I'll show uh, it to you afterwards. That sounds better than when I. But <laughs> <laughs> he, he's got it everywhere. <laughs> okay. A little known fact about me is I like to knit. Oh, nice! I only knit toques. So that's I knit, awesome. I knit you a toque. I no, that's not. Fits. That's this is much better. I'll actually use this. The prairie <laughs> crocus is just going to sit on. I think that's yeah, awesome. Okay. Thank you. I love toques. Never be enough of them. <laughs> <All right now. laughs> Thanks a lot. This is perfect. Okay. Yeah. There we go.